Hi, it's Casey. Today, I'm going to ask you to pray for our guests, Mary, Laura, Rita, and Sandy. Pray for their health, pray for their families, pray for a cure for cancer. Welcome to Shine On, an Ella's Leash production brought to you by Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology in Mount Kisco. Today, I get a Shine On education from four women who have each outlived the statistics of their diagnosis. Their stories may be hard to listen to, but please listen. And maybe you'll know what we can do to get them more exposure or more help for stage four cancer research. We're approaching the month of October, filled with pink ribbons for breast cancer awareness, and you might make a donation to a cancer organization. I've learned that much of that money goes to awareness programs, more pink ribbons, and very little of it goes to stage four research. Mary was busy this week and couldn't make it into the studio, but we caught up with her on the telephone. When you're handed a death sentence like this, it's very difficult to live with it every day. It's, it's a fear I, I go to bed with every night. I know my situation's a little different than some of the other people. Um, I'm a single parent. I, I have two teens, and they were only 10 and 11 when I was diagnosed. Um, and their father has been deceased now since they were three and four. So they have this big fear of losing both parents, and naturally their struggles are a big concern of mine, and it's something that I worry about every day. And the the financial aspects of, you know, being an only parent and then being a sick only parent, not working, it's, it's very tough from, you know, where I stand. It's even hard to have a conversation because I don't want to say anything that could be perceived as... Um insensitive. What are things you wish we wouldn't say? Well, one of the biggest things is about staying positive. I think that um, I have to be realistic about the disease. It's not that I want to give people the impression that I'm not positive, but, you know, I I know the end result. Um, and I do listen to my doctors and I do everything that I can to to keep myself in the best of health under the circumstances. But um, if I don't buy into some of the um, commercialism of it all, you know, for example, there was a show on last week or the week before the Stand Up to Cancer. Right, all the celebrities come out and say nice things and people donate and feel good. Right. So I got an email from a family member. Are you watching Stand Up to Cancer? And I'm like, texting back, no, um, I'm not. Why not? It's very uplifting. And I'm like, maybe to you, you don't have cancer. It's not uplifting for me. And and the fact that um, I'm sure, as you know, if you spoke with the other girls, that tons and tons and tons of money are poured into cancer. But I believe the figures, depending on what you're reading is somewhere between five and seven percent of the monies actually go into research for you know all kinds of metastatic cancer it's like they they've written us off i would think that bringing awareness would be the first step and if if somehow we can convince the powers that be to to put more money into research on metastatic cancer um with the science we have today that, that it can't be cured because um, cancer in and of itself really can't be cured er, even at early stages. You know, you can hope that you can knock it out for the long term, but there's no guarantee. Certainly from the standpoint of being metastatic, it would be nice if they could at least arrest it and keep it at bay, right. you know. Do you ever get totally pissed off at God and say, what the heck? 
You know, we had this family and their dad dies and now I have this diagnosis. What are you trying to do here? I do get pissed off at God. I get angry, but then I then I move past it and I thank him for each day and I ask him to watch over the kids. The problem with the whole God thing is that um, my kids have totally alienated themselves from religion. And it is kind of strange that they're young and they did this, but they're adamant about it. I don't believe in God anymore. I don't want any part of religion. I, you know, he took my daddy. Now he's trying to take my mommy. And that's where they're coming from. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, screw him, right? That's pretty much where they're at. In their heart of heart of heart of hearts. Their God is in them, so they may come back around one day. I, I hope they do. Yeah. I, re- I really doubt that's one of my prayers, that they are able to, you know, see the forest through the trees as the saving yeah. goes. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in the world have been dumbed down by this rah, 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 pink ribbon thing that we do every October. And I think it's given people a false sense of what's happening in the cancer world. You are most definitely right. Um, I have heard from so many people when I was first diagnosed and I started telling people that, like, oh, don't sweat it. They got breast cancer beat. All the media attention, especially with the whole pink October month, the people out there really, really, really think that they've cured breast cancer. And it's, it's just so far from the truth in reality. The only other thing I can say is that if you feel that you've gotten some enlightenment on the subject and if you can come up with any ideas to help us as a group move forward, I would appreciate you passing it along to to us or Support Connection because they have been a wonderful part of my life. Um, They're probably the only support I get that makes any sense. Supportconnection.org. Maybe they can help you or someone you know make sense of things as they do for Mary. What can we do for these stage four women? Who do you know that could help us start a revolution? Think about that as Laura, Rita, and Sandy join me in the studio. We met at Support Connection's 20th anniversary party. Support Connection in Westchester offers services to women. The Stage 4 group had the most spirited table at the party, and I was drawn over to them to hear their story. Now what I can do is share their story with you. Here's Laura. We are all Stage 4, which means we are metastatic, that our cancer has spread from its originally primary tumor location to other parts of our body. Uh, lymph nodes, organs, in our case, bones. Some people call us fighters. Some people call us survivors. Some people call us warriors. And some people call us lifers. And basically, we are all living with stage four cancer. Laura, how many years for you? October is three years for me. October is three years. I'm going to ask you, Rita, you were the one that said... I don't call myself a survivor. I call myself... I consider myself living with cancer because I will never be cancer-free when you're metastatic or they also refer to us as having advanced uh, breast cancer. We will always be in treatment and we will always have pretty much signs of the the disease, especially when it's um, in the bones. It was six years for me in June. You were diagnosed stage four from the beginning. How about you, Laura? Were you stage four from the beginning? Yes. Okay. But you, Sandy, have a different story. Even with early stage breast cancer, approximately 30% will go on 
to a diagnosis of metastases. And it can happen many years after the initial diagnosis. And uh, 40,000 people, women a year, will die from metastatic breast cancer. Just a small percentage of raised research funds actually go for metastatic breast cancer research. That would make me so mad. Are you pissed? Yes, we are. We are. And most people think that breast cancer, if you do everything right, it is curable. We are not curable. Um, Eventually, all of our therapies will fail. I've been on three different therapies, and the cancer gets smart to each one. So eventually, we'll run out of therapies. Actually, the median survival for stage four is two to three years. I've survived five years Beautiful. on three different therapies. On three different therapies. But now that I know what I know, it's re- my head's kind of spinning. I get it. So it's, it's breast cancer awareness coming up, rah, 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 support, support, support. But this money that everybody's walking or running or whatever they're doing for breast cancer research, stage four only gets a tiny, tiny piece of it, 5%. Why only is a small percentage of the money going to research for stage four? You know, the whole emphasis is on, you know, prevention, mammographies and, you know, being diligent, which has nothing to do with cancer recurring in, in the future for early stage people. I mean, it feels to me like you stage four girls, you're the stepchild in the corner uh, in the cancer world and you're all shaking your heads. Correct. So, shoot. Do you go to the cancer walks? I mean, what's October like for you? Do you support the things that are happening in the community? The only walk I go to is for Support Connection, uh, where we originally met, and they have been so wonderful to us, and maybe a shout out to them, because we live with such anxiety, and it is a place for us to express our feelings, and uh, so I will go to that walk to support their fundraising. I've become very skeptical about a lot of you know, the pink ribbon campaign, when I see that so much is to be um, spent on awareness and we're like, if you live on this planet, you're aware that you should go for mammograms and that there's breast cancer out there. So we become a little cynical, I guess is the word, on that situation. Yeah. So the cry is, you know, take a little bit of that awareness money and put it over here in stage four. Maybe there's something that could be done research-wise. The the thought that came to mind as I'm really grasping what the story is all about, I was immediately overcome with guilt for waking up every morning and ever having a negative thought. How dare I complain about anything when there's you women who get up every day and I can't imagine the freaking anxiety that you're stage four for how many years, Laura? Three years. You're three years, and you're... Five years. Five years for Sandy, and you're... Six. And you are all above the average, right? You've already lived longer than the industry says you could or should. Exactly. So what's it like? What's it like? How do you cope? You have to get up and live every day. If you dwell on, oh my God, I have cancer, you're never going to get out of bed. You're never going to get out of the house. You're never going to have any experiences. You just have to go about your life. You have some struggles because not everything is as easy as it used to be. 
but you have to push on. And this is where the, the terminology fighter and warrior all comes in because it's not as easy as it used to be. And what's so disenchanting is, is there's a, a big money factor related to this. And besides the funding or lack of funding for stage four is resources for us. You know, when you're spending five hours in treatment, you can't go to work. And then after the treatment, you still can't go to work for days. Right. Supplemental income is a necessity. I had a conversation with New York State Disability. Yeah. Explained my situation on the phone and told him I had stage four. And when all is said and done, he said to me, so what is your disability? <laughs> and he felt that I wouldn't qualify and it discouraged me from applying. That's unfortunate because... Uh, technically, stage four is an automatic uh, approval for but, disability. But right now, my scans and my tumor marker numbers are stable, and that kind of disqualifies me. You're stage four, but you're too healthy. Exactly. Wow. E- exactly. And that examiner's eyes. You have to fight for that disability because you are entitled to it. So you're on disability because of your stage four. Laura can't get disability because she's stage four, but her scans look good. And how about you, Sandy? I am not on disability. I'm an old bird, 74, so (laughs) (laughs) I just live off my husband. (laughs) (laughs) And may you live off your husband for many, many, many more years. That's good. Um, Thank you. You know, I'll tell you, you look great for a, quote, old bird. And I'll tell you this, if I walked past any of you ladies in Target or ShopRite, I wouldn't suspect that any one of you beautiful, vibrant, funny, clever, entertaining ladies had even had a sniffle. That's one of the biggest issues we face. Why? Because we don't look as ill as we are, and people really don't understand that. Since I've been going to Support Connection, which is four years now, we've lost 11 women. In your stage four group? Yes, in our stage four group. All who looked wonderful and a month later were gone. We're still basically recovering from that loss, which I guess we may never get over. I think it has made us closer together, but the reality is very frightening. Who do we have to reach at the highest level? I think now Sloan Kettering has a special division uh, just for metastatic breast cancer research, and perhaps Dana Farber also. And I think they're the ones that are on the forefront of this. So I think funds going there would probably be Memorial Sloan Kettering and Dana Farber. Laura brought her drugs. Let me look at this. You know, women are into essential oils today. What you're holding right there is medical marijuana. And I am a big supporter of medical marijuana. What you're holding is cannabis, which is 99% pure cannabis. And I get this legally through Colorado. And this has made such an impact on my cancer Really? That I carry my test results around with me because nobody believes what cannabis has done for me. This is a chart of a monthly blood test. Okay. Zero to 38 is the normal range, which is below that line. Right. And you can see all of my numbers are above that line, peaking at about 
65. Yeah, way above. Now this Double was, where you should be. Right. Now this is all on tamoxifen and then Famara, which are standard breast cancer mm-hmm. drugs. And then she turns over the, here. Oh, on the other side, I have chills. On the other side of the graph, they're all down right at the line and even below the line. In October of 2015, I started taking cannabis. Within six weeks, my tumor markers dropped 25 points. Uh, so by November of 2015, I was down to 40. And as of July, down to 28. Unbelievable. And what's the norm? Zero to 38 is the norm. And And you're at 28. And I should mention that while I've been on the cannabis, I went off the other drugs. You went off the other drugs. So I'm awful. So this looks like an oil. How do you take it? This is an oil. It's a dropper. And you put it on your skin? You just put it under your tongue. Literally, a drop under your tongue. That's it. All right. Do you go all high or anything? What's it feel like, honey? This is all. Cannabis. The marijuana plant has two components, THC, which is the high sensation. Right. And then the CBD, the cannabis, which is the medical end of it. Right. And uh, this is 99% cannabis, CBD. CBD. And this is what's working for me. Holy smokes. Now, where'd you find out about this? Oh, I've done research all over, all over. Okay. Um, now, Rita and Sandy, do you want to take some of this? It would not be appropriate for me because it's not FDA approved and my doctor does not support that. Okay, so your doctor says no, but your doctor? My doctor did not discourage me. He basically said whatever works. If it was acupuncture or yoga or juicing, and if that was something that was working for me to continue. So I told him from the beginning what I had, what I was doing, when I was doing it, and I I really believe I've become his independent guinea pig. We're talking to three women here on Shine On, the health and happiness show, Sandy and uh, Rita and Laura, and they are all stage four living with cancer today. They've been living with it for many years, years longer than people expected them to. And we're just discussing the whole gamut of what their life is like. Ultimately, you have to be your own advocate. The doctors and the nurses are only going to take you so far. You have to know what you are up against and what works best for you. And I wasn't giving up. And that's the whole thing with cancer. Do not give up. I'm going to fight to my last breath. And if cannabis, medical marijuana is going to get me there, then so be it. Right. Now, Rita, your doctor said not for you, and you trust your doctor, and you have to trust your doctor. My doctor doesn't uh, believe in it, so I trust her very much. Right. So she thinks it could interfere with the therapies that I am um, on now. Right. And actually, I just read something um, in a Sloan Kettering article, and at this point, they are not recommending the use of it. Right now, they're reluctant because there is no concrete U.S. research, like uh, Mary indicated. It's not FDA approved. That's not Mary. Rita. Rita. I'm so sorry. (laughs) The one thing with the cannabis, though, makes you forget names. I'm kidding. So you were saying, because there's no USA research. Oh, because it's not FDA approved. So right now we have about 23 states that have medical marijuana approved. In order for this to be FDA approved, you would need more than two-thirds of the U.S. majority of states to have it approved. Okay. Only then could the president make it federally approved. Mm. Once it has federal approval from the president, 
then it would be eligible for FDA funding, and then the research would begin. In New York, what's the status in New York? Right now, there are about 650 physicians that are qualified to write prescriptions, right? and about maybe 3,500 people who actually have the uh, ID card to obtain medical marijuana. Right, but you go to Colorado. But I get mine from Colorado. It's so much simpler, no red tape. Yeah. Okay, so you just call them up and say, Colorado, it's me, Laura. Send me a little something. There you go. All right. Thank you for the education. I needed that. What what else do we need to know this morning? Cost of certain medicine used for stage four, and a lot of medications today are in combination with each other. They're just prohibitive. 10000 a month. $10,000 a month yeah, I was for stage on, four cancer treatment. Correct. I was on a medication called uh, Everolimus, which the generic drug is uh, Afinitor, and I had to take it in combination with something, and it was um, 10000 a month, and I was very fortunate to get a grant from uh, a not-for-profit uh, organization. To pay for it. To pay for it, but... Uh, it was a horrendous drug in terms of side effects. I mean, we also live with a lot of side effects from our drugs. Believe it or not, it didn't even work. So, Oh, my gosh. Uh, my cancer spread. So this drug isn't covered by insurance? It's covered, you know, very a small Partially. amount, especially if you're on a, a Medicare Part D plan yeah. or any other, you know, some other private insurance. I was fortunate enough to get the grant because they had money they were giving out at the time, but right. it's not that easy. So while Rita has issues with the drug company related to costs and so on, I have issues with the insurance company. At stage four, the statistically, you are given a life expectancy and surgery will not extend that life expectancy. So I myself still have the primary tumor within me and would love to have it removed. But because I'm stage four, the insurance company says, well, whatever her life expectancy is from here on out, be it two years or five years or whatever, whether she has the surgery or not, her life expectancy will be the same. And that is because that's what statistics say. So while I pay my premium every month for my insurance... You can't have the surgery. I can't have the surgery. Unless I pay for it by myself, out of pocket. Right. So in addition to... Funding, in addition to drugs, there's the insurance end of it. We are battling on all fronts. And you're sick while you're battling. Exactly. What a group of women I have in front of me. What a group of women I have in front of me. There's only one additional thing that I have to say. Life has certainly dealt us lemons, but we are making pink lemonade. We'll be back in a minute with a special request. Ladies, you know how good it feels to catch a glimpse of your own reflection and smile back at it. Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco can help refresh your reflection naturally. Long-lasting Thermage uses radio frequency to strengthen your skin. Thermage can help you regain a youthful contouring of your cheekbones and jaw. It works great on stretch marks and on your legs and around your knees, too. A Fraxel laser treatment pinpoints sunspots, scars, and wrinkles and stimulates your own natural collagen. Fraxel can help change damaged skin into glowing, healthy skin. 
Ladies, in less time than a yoga class or a mani-pedi, you can renew and rejuvenate your skin and smile back at your reflection. Take the first step today. Call Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology in Mount Kisco. Here's the number, 914-241-3003. And visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for tuning in today. I ask that you share what you learned today about what life is like for people with stage 4 cancer. And I ask you to send love to these women, Mary, Rita, Sandy, and Laura, and everyone who woke up with this harsh diagnosis. Think of them and pray for them as you go through your day. And I thank God for letting us shine a light on their story. See you next week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. The content of Shine On, the health and happiness show is intended for general information purposes only. Shine On, the health and happiness show is made possible with support from the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Let Dr. David Bank recapture your youthful look. Visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at caseyradio.com. Join Casey for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show next Sunday morning from 100.7 WHUD.